Welcome to the Whip It Out podcast. This is episode seven and we've got a bit of a different one today because Sophie's actually unwell. So I'm joined by Sophie's super, super glamorous stand-in. We're joined by the fabulous Sarah Lydon. Hi, Sarah. Hi, everyone. Good day. Now, Sarah's a little bit nervous about the first podcast, aren't you? A lot nervous. (laughs) A lot nervous. It's all good. It's all good. I'm here to hold her hand. So she's... (laughs) I've I've pre-warned her, she can be sweary, she can say whatever she wants, freedom of speech and all that. So um, how have you been, Sarah? Yeah, really good. I've just finished a hellish day, had 12 in today, so I am hooked. But uh, all good. I'm home, I'm fed. I've not had wine because I I didn't think that'd be a good idea for tonight. But yeah, all good, apart from that. So where, where, obviously we have a few overseas listeners, so your accent will probably differ massively from mine, <laughs> Sophie. So tell the listeners where you're from. I am from Stirling in Scotland, so I'm trying to break down the accent a little bit and I'm trying to make it a little bit more neutral. This is me talking in my telephone voice right now, so I'm trying not to sound like Shrek too much, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so Stirling, that's near Dunblane, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So my oh. salon is, my grooming salon is a Dumbling, yeah. Is it? So you must have been, like, around that time where the, the massacre happened. Well, yeah. I was only six at the time when that happened, so obviously um, I don't really remember it. But I do know a lot of people um, who sadly were involved in it um, or were at that school at that time. Um, and recently they had the sort of the 20-year anniversary. I don't want to call it an anniversary because it's obviously really sad, but... Um, and we had a lot of bother with press and things like that. Like I had to lock my door at night time because we were having journalists chapping the door and things like that. But mm. but yeah, sadly that's what Dumblane seems to be well known for, which is yeah. a shame. But yeah, it was. It was sad. It was really sad. But onwards and upwards, we'll talk about something much, much more upbeat. Of course. And of course, Andy Murray is from Dumblane, but I don't groom his dogs because he lives in London or something. But I think I should groom his dogs, so if Andy Murray's listening... What I, dogs I'm does free. he have? I believe he has border terriers, I think. Oh, do they get hand stripped? Probably. Oh, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I like a little hand strip. <laughs> oh, really? I like a little hand strip. Oh, no, definitely not, definitely not. So we're going to talk about what's been going on in the industry this week. And there has been some filming of Pooch Perfect going on this uh, this week, and I think they've literally just finished wrapping up this week. What do you think about the whole Pooch Perfect thing? Do you think it's going to be good for the industry? Do you think it's going to be bad for the industry? What What's your thoughts on that one? I'm so excited for it. I really am. Um, but I hope it's going to be good for the industry. I hope it's going to be well documented and well done. Um, I don't think there's enough coverage about grooming. Uh, you know, like people are really interested. So those mere mortals that don't groom for a living, you know, I think they need to, they need to see what we do. And I think hopefully it's done well and and shows off wouldn't it be great if people started like you said realizing what we did so that we can all start charging more charging more yeah exactly because it's not until it's not until people stay or it's i don't know but you know if someone stays or even when you tell them oh it's going to be about three hours so your dog's ready and they're like what 
three yeah. hours mm -hmm. and then you think well yeah that's why I have to charge a decent price so I'd love them to see what's involved in prep and scissoring and hand stripping and so hopefully Pooch Perfect covers all of those things and oh, shows yeah, us off how skilled they are because the, the most like time consuming part of it is the prep work like the bath in the drying and yeah so hopefully all of the groomers have done well sure there's, there might be some people that we recognize so that'll be yeah that'll be good oh, I'm so excited to see who's on it yeah and I'm really excited because school starts again next week <laughs> I bet you are <laughs> I am so excited I've already ironed all of his school uniform and it's, up <laughs> and it's ready I'm ready to pack him off and I'm just like this has been since March I've had him since March <laughs> and I just, I just oh hats off to you all my friends who have kids are all having a hallelujah moment right now but I, I can't really sympathize but <laughs> summer holidays are bad enough they are like trying to juggle work and and summer holidays is is bad enough but the fact that we've it's been extra long because of covid is just six six months is just cruel isn't it? it's 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 wrong it's 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 like it's torture and it's cruel and it's a form of abuse <laughs> <laughs> so this this week we asked a bit of a doozy um and i'm a little bit nervous about asking this question um there is so many opinions based on this topic and Sarah's been totally thrown in the deep end I think Sophie's definitely just scared. a little bit this yeah. is such a minefield this is a humdinger of a topic so we asked everybody do you think groomers should work without qualification so we're looking at regulated industry we're looking at you know whether we should have groomers who don't have qualifications um that are working with the public and with live animals so we've had absolutely loads and loads of comments um we've had loads and loads of people that the comments actually massively vary i know that we, me and sarah have gone through a few of them uh today but there is a, a massive split down the middle and i was just saying to sarah just before we went live there that people gen generally fit into these categories you get the qualified groomers that are just striving for regulation and they really want to push it through and you've got the unqualified groomers but the experienced groomers who are outraged at you know the fact that they feel like they're getting discounted because they don't have qualifications and then you get other groomers who don't give a shit they're just <laughs> around in the middle and they just say at the end of the day I just want to pick up my paycheck I want to groom the dog pick up my paycheck go home at the end of the day and couldn't give a shit that the, the industry's not regulated. So I think there's definitely, definitely a few people who live in blissful ignorance of the whole debate. Um, but we're going to go through a couple of the uh, the comments that we've got today. Um, so I'll read the first one out. And the first one is from L. Wilson. And she said, I'm not currently qualified, but I do agree with gaining qualifications in the grand scheme of things. However, like any trade, there are some qualified people who shouldn't be allowed near a dog with a banana, never mind sharp objects. There are plenty of unqualified groomers who are phenomenally talented, knowledgeable and safe in their jobs. The training skills need to be regulated for this to change. How many freshly qualified students do we see on support groups asking the most basic of questions? Things that should be the fundamentals of their course and the foundations to professional development. We don't expect to come out of training like Rembrandt with scissors. We should expect a continual drive to learn and grow and progress. But many people don't. I suppose like anything in life, you get back as much as you put in, qualified or not. So that was quite a nice balanced view. I think that was really well said. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and like you said, the, the, you know, you, you're going to get people from all aspects um, with different opinions on, on how, how it should go forward. And I think, you know, when you're talking about regulated industry, that regulation, some people might say, would start with the training schools rather than the individuals. So, yeah. What do you think? Where are you? Well, I think I can sympathise with all three of the categories you mentioned <laughs> at the start. So the pro-qualified, the not qualified and the don't give a shit people who just want to carry on and do a good job and get paid for it, right? I understand all three of these people and I, oh, and I can completely sympathise with anyone. I think, I think people need to seek a qualification. This is your profession. This is your livelihood. And this is what you're doing with your life. And I think professional development is a huge thing. And also it can only benefit us all when it comes to regards to pricing and things like that. You know, at the end of the day, if you go into a hairdresser's, you know that all, you, that all your hairdressers are at least level three qualified. And that surely gives you a bit of peace of mind. And I think really dog grooming should have that because, you know, we're really good at what we do too. We work really hard. We deserve to be respected and well-paid and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah, I, I see each point. I totally see each point. I don't think I've got a particularly strong opinion on this. It's maybe why you asked me to come on yeah. and speak about it. <laughs> but um, I, I can sympathise with anybody. And I understand why people get so frustrated, especially the people who are really for qualification. I can understand why they get so frustrated. Um because they've worked really damn hard and that's respect when someone has every qualification under the sun and you just think wow that's commitment that's passion so I have a lot of respect for these people as well um, equally at the same time I think that um, whatever you're going to be whatever you want to be in your life you should be a good one um, if you're going to if you're going to come out to be the best absolutely yeah. and uh, you know People say, oh, I don't want to get qualified because no one's ever came in and asked to see my qualifications. Um, someone actually has came in to me and asked to see my qualifications. And it was a knobhead of a customer, <laughs> an absolute knobhead. He wanted to see my qualifications. He wanted to see where I'd studied, how many years experience I had. He wanted to see my certificates. <laughs> he wanted to see everything. And uh, he actually wanted to, to have my insurance details as well. And I don't know what he thought he was going to do with my insurance details. Um, but I was able to give him them. I was able to show him what I had. I was perfectly capable and qualified to groom his dog. When you have got that qualification and you can show that certificate, you're like, you, you cannot go and mm. get them fast enough. <laughs> you're like, ta-da! Yeah. Exactly. It just gives you a bit of you know, there it is on paper. That's how good I am. So it can't be a bad thing. It definitely yeah. can't be. So I found a comment on the thread um, from Julie Bryan. And she said, qualified or not, I really don't think us not qualified should be ruled out. There is many reasons why we haven't got the exam papers, etc. We can still be very good at our job and should still be recognised. Yes, I believe there should be some form of training, but that also depend. That also has lots of problems too. Many of the training skills are just not good enough. If we had decent training in the first place, would we actually need these fancy qualifications where the likes of city and guilds are the benefits anyway? 24 days is a ridiculous amount of time for training. Think we all have learned that. I think what she's trying to say is 24 days doesn't seem like an awful lot of time mm. to then 
be turned out from a complete beginner to a professional groomer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's again, it's a, an, an opinion. Um, yeah. So and it, it's a valid one. Um, you know, the I think that the the flaw in that sort of that mindset is that okay, at the beginning, you know, experience is something that you can only get over time. I know that sounds like a really obvious thing to say, but that groomer yeah. who has just started up with that qualification, okay, might lack a little bit at the beginning, but will get there in the end and she will still have that qualification in her hand. So I've got one here from Melissa Hunt and she said, regulation and qualifications. There needs to be checks so we know that it's in safe environment and randoms don't just pick up a pair of scissors and say that they're a groomer. But I don't think they need to specifically be qualified. There are so many unqualified, amazing, experienced grooms out there and many reasons why someone may not want to get qualified. So I guess there is quite a lot of reasons. It is a a big sort of expense, but you have a little bit of a different experience up there in Scotland, don't you? Yeah, so my husband, so Kieran, actually teaches automotive studies at Edinburgh College. So he teaches mechanics of all levels um, and knows a lot about (laughs) um, every award and body and every qualification that there is. And I think it, I'm not going to say it's a lottery because I don't think in England it's as easy as you can just apply to college and become a dog groomer. But dog grooming isn't on many curriculum lists. So I think, especially here in Scotland, so for example, if I wanted to be a hairdresser, I could apply to college to go and start as a complete beginner and work my way through to my my level three. And that would be funded by college. I could either attend college full time or I could get a job in a hairdresser as an apprentice and I think attend college one day a week. Um, That's so different to the opportunity we would have should someone decide they want to be a dog groomer. It's a lot more difficult than that, you know, and I think that while I I've always felt that qualification is really important. I think with dog grooming, I tend to find it's easier that if you ha- if you gain experience first and then seek out your qualifications as time goes on. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm 30 at the moment and there's so many qualifications that I still really want to get. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no way I could afford you to do them when I started grooming when I was 20. They're all so different as well, aren't they? See, I've done um, my City and Guilds and... And I've done part of my ICMG, and yeah. the, just the difference between the two of them is, you know, there's there's no way that with the ICMG that I know you mentioned the other day that you can get the ICMG done in 24 days. It, there's just so much to learn. The theory side of it is vast, and you yeah. literally need to know every single breed, how their what their makeup is, what their confirmation is, and it's just it's it's you need to constantly be studying the theory side of it never mind the actual practical side of it that's what I love so much about ICMG because it was so about the dogs and each breed and I learned so much yeah so I I, I know that you know if you there's lots of different sort of qualifications that you can go down with each different route and you learn different things from from each one it's think it's just personal preference which one you go go through but I think this is sort of the purpose of the spotlight as well is that the spotlight is doing something which can only be seen as positive. Of course, yeah. You know, they are actually, I think, the the biggest problem that I see with the industry, um, and this isn't a criticism of, of either, 
the main issue I find is the way that people are speaking to each other when they are on different sides of the fence. And I think that those people who are qualified want to, and quite rightfully should be able to shout about it and say, you know, I've worked really hard for this. And I think that there's an aspect of some groomers who say, well, I don't need that. It's just a piece of paper. And And it's not, it's not just a piece of paper. It's something that, you know, you can say that about a, a, a doctor's degree that they've got exactly. from college uh, or they've got from university that they've studied for seven years for. It's a piece of paper, but that piece of paper is damn important. <laughs> and yeah, I think you, that, you can't, you can't sneer at education. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's personal preference. Some people might not want to get that qualification and that's fine. And that should be okay too. Um, but you know, it's, it's, being qualified and gaining education it's only good to better yourself in any in any job that you do it's not just about dog grooming but in any job that you do it can't be looked at negatively in any way <laughs> no one ever got a, a qualification and went oh I wish I had done that it's more most frustrating for those people who can't get qualified because they can't afford it I think that's really sad because yeah you know there's a lot of single parents there's a lot of people who are not, are not making as much money as what they'd like to and, and can't afford that couple of thousand pounds for the qualification. I know that ICMG is a pay-as-you-go type thing, but it's still, yeah. you know, it's still an expense that some people might not have. And I think that's what some people must find really, really difficult is the, the actual expense of, of getting the qualification, which is a shame. Yeah, and our, our, our trade isn't overly well-paying, let's be honest here, you know. So someone has to really, really want to do it. And, and apart from anything else, these qualifications are difficult. You know, they are hard. They're not easy. They are. They are very hard. Um, okay, so I've got another one here. Um, so this one is for, from Emily Allison Cook. And she said, this is what the groomer spotlight is about, finally recognising the groomers that have worked hard to gain the qualification, which is basically what we've just touched on there. I worked hard and paid a lot of money for mine. It should be governed fully. What other industries allowed you allow you to work unqualified? So again, yeah, we we have just touched on that one, haven't we? It is quite crazy, really, though, when you think about it. Like, I don't think a lot. I think a lot of our customers would be quite shocked to realise that our industry isn't regulated. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of our customers would be shocked to hear that. Yeah, um, and we all course, know how precious people can be over the pets. Like yeah. really precious. Like yeah. you wouldn't let a lot of people see their pets as their children and their babies. And would you let a you know a doctor who was self-taught near your child? No, of course you wouldn't. <laughs> would you even let someone who was a self-taught hairdresser cut your hair? Probably not. I, I don't think I would. Uh, well, to be fair, I probably would, but I don't really give much of a shit. <laughs> I've not washed my hair in 10 days, Sarah. <laughs> I'm so glad, I'm so glad this podcast didn't have a video because mine just looks like rat tails just now. But hey. mine, literally, obviously I've just said I haven't washed my hair for 10 days, mine's scraped back, it looks like I've got hairspray on, but it's not, it's just grease. <laughs> <laughs> You've been but working, do. you don't know what's in your hair, it could be, it could be anything, you could have anal glands, you could have. Could be, you know, yeah. there's probably a bit of German Shepherd in there somewhere as well. I never know if I'm going to come home smelling like anal glands or dog perfume. If I'm going to smell like baby powder or shit. I don't know. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a roulette, isn't it? It's just the, the smell roulette. How are you going to come home? Okay. So today on the Whippet, you asked, your most used phrase in the salon has to go onto your t-shirt. What would yours be? So mine. Mine would be, it's 
not my fault your mum doesn't brush you. <laughs> we say this all the time. This has to be like a universal thing. Yeah. There must, there must be groomers oh. in every country that say that to their dogs. Yeah, I, I don't know about you, right? But every time I say it, so I'll be like, there, I'll get the dog on the table and it'll be arsy because it's matted. And I'll go, stand still, it's not my fault your mum doesn't brush you. And then I always look over my shoulder just to make sure the mum isn't there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. We've had absolutely loads of comments on this. I only posted it three hours ago and it's got like 126 comments on it. It's so funny. It's just one of them really lighthearted things that I just love to put up on the the groomer (laughs) group because people are just like, it's just so funny. People are just absolutely... You've got to have a sense of humour doing our job, don't you? I know, I know. So Laura Cook has said, just simply, why? <laughs> why? 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 <laughs> what, would you, what would yours be? Well, mine's is kind of long, Wendy, but it's funny. So <laughs> recently, this was actually just before a lockdown, we had an elderly couple um, not show up for their appointment with a cavalier, right? So um, I work. I own the salon and I have a self-employed girl who happens to be one of my best friends um, who works with me. And she was like, oh, because they've not showed, I think this was the second time they've not showed up for their appointment. So Gemma gives them a phone and she's like, oh, we had you booked in. Um, The wife passes the phone on to her husband, who's really crabby. And Gemma was like, look, we can still fit you in if you can make it down in half an hour. But if you can't, then I'm afraid we're going to have to charge you. And the guy got really, really arsy and was like, I won't be fucking paying it. (laughs) I won't be fucking paying it. And hung up the phone and I said to Gemma, I wish you'd had time to say, well, and you won't be fucking back. (laughs) And so (laughs) this is caught on as banter in our salon. And every time a dog acts up, I'm like, you won't be fucking back. (laughs) I swear this guy's guy's ears must be burning because we're just still ripping him. And it's six months later and we're like... And you've never ever seen him since? Never. No, because he won't be fucking back. He won't be. He won't be. He won't. He definitely won't. I mean, he can't make it any clearer than that. (laughs) So, yeah. You bite me, you won't be fucking back. Yeah. Do you know, there's there's actually going on from that, um, following on from that, there's quite a lot of the same one, which is, oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's after you've got a dog on the table that's beautifully prepped, and then there's just diarrhea everywhere. (sighs) And, and it's always, like, oh, I don't know about fuck. you, but it always comes out, oh, it always comes out like this. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> it's like a whinge. It's a proper whinge. Yeah, like, oh, just, oh, it's just awful, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, some of these are really making me laugh. What did they brush you with? A toothbrush. That was Susan Thompson. <laughs> I don't even think they bothered with a toothbrush, Susan. I think they just didn't bother with anything. The quicker you stand still, the quicker we all get to go home. That's from Charlotte. And there's another one from Kirsty, which is really, really similar, which is the longer you stand still, the faster I'll be. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I like me and my, um, my staff member, Michaela, we always like pretend that when, I, when, I, when Michaela very first started and I was sort of like training her on dogs' body language and how dogs understand us, I always used to say to her, how would you feel if a, a little old Spanish woman was coming towards you with a knife and she was just going, Mio blanca de gra! I know that's not Spanish. I, don't, I actually don't know any Spanish. But that must be what it's like for a dog, someone coming towards you with something sharp, just being like, <laughs> Or it must be like being in a concentration camp. 
like being wrestled out of a crate, put into a hydro bath and then shot with a hose. I like know. that's how I imagine it must be for a dog. And sometimes that, that really does make me sympathetic. And I'm like, oh baby, it's okay. Come on. Yeah. And then I think, oh God, <laughs> like we, we, you know, we do have such a hard job and it requires so much patience. And after a 12 hour day, we somehow always manage to find patience, but there is a lot of swearing. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> do you always like, do you always give your dogs voices? Yeah, we, we do have dogs' voices, and I'm really worried that you're going to make me demonstrate. Uh, I am, I am. <laughs> we, we always say, like, how, how would this dog sound? And we always say that Westies are always just like, <laughs> like you can do it better in your accent because it's always Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go on, give me your best Scottish accent. I can, actually, Ryan's mum's Scottish, and I know that I have actually done a Scottish accent on here before, but I can do a really good Scottish accent. She's from Edinburgh. And okay. she always speaks to um, Theodore. She's like, oh, my wee baby. Oh, my wee scone. Oh, isn't he beautiful? Oh, my wee baby. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> Although you did sound a little bit like Billy Connolly, I have to say. Well, yeah. yeah. We always say that Michaela's border collie is like Mexican. She's like, arriba, arriba, arriba. Because she's always like really just... <laughs> oh god we actually have voices for all our animals in the house right so and this is like a really this is a family thing so I was brought up with my mum used to always have voices for the animals and this is like a generation thing so I've carried this on Kieran has met me and now Kieran does it and he's not an animal person really and he started doing it right so our spaniel has like he has a really deep voice like this right? <laughs> and we we literally have full conversations in that voice and then our Bichon has a really squeaky voice. And then she replies to him, but she's a little bit chavy. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I'll ask people, like, do you have voices for your animals? And they just don't get it. And then I get really embarrassed when they go, could you, could you try and, like, you know, give me a demonstration? And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm such a geek. <laughs> I'm such a loser. See, my, um, my little, I've got a little Pouchon. Vegas and she's got a really really um severe overbite so you know like I don't know if you've ever seen it right but there's that that gif that goes around with that chihuahua that's got a really big overbite and it always yeah. says careful outside guys it's slippery <laughs> slippery or so whenever whenever she talks we always say she comes in she's like hey guys it's just me it's just me guys I'm here I'm here to say hello and she's always American she's always American <laughs> Whereas my old English, she's really thick. She's apps like she's just an absolute thick as a ton of bricks. So whenever she comes in, we always just go, duh. <laughs> like, do you want your dinner? Yeah. <laughs> I, feel, I feel so sorry for people who don't have like voices for their dogs. Like you're messing out so much. As soon as you groom a dog that's got an overbite, you're like, squirrel. And you have to say loads of things. Yeah, that it always, you always have to have a lisp. <laughs> so funny. I mean, we'd be talking about this, babies. Let's read some more of the t-shirt ones because we just go off on a tangent here. <laughs> this is another one that we do. So Ellie Stamp, she said, "Can we just not? Can we just not? Yeah, just don't have any patience today. Please Let's not. Me. Let's not do it." Um, mm. I think most people would have this one as well. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, fuck, you've got black nails. That one's from Kate. <laughs> That's never fun, is it? Yeah. Nikki Smith. Enough! <laughs> <laughs> when they're all barking at the same time and you're trying to have a conversation. 
Oh, it just happens about 60 times a day in my shop. I know, I know. I mean, we're, we're going to be here for absolutely ages. Julie Fawcett Cairns, can I smell poo? Oh, yeah. I like this one. Emma Hunter French has said, I've fucked it, but it's okay. <laughs> but it's okay. <laughs> Hopefully she's talking about the cut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be very, very wrong, Emma, and I think you might need to go to prison. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, or Naomi Jordan Samuel. Right, that's it. I'm telling your mom to put you on Gumtree. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my staff members actually commented on this and I've only just seen it now. And she does this thing that's like, it annoys the absolute life out of me because she begs the dog. She pleads, like she pleads with them. And this is where, you know, I said, I said to you earlier about how dog, like how your voice comes across to dogs. And she's always done this and she's worked for me for nearly five years now. But when she has this dog on the table that really won't cooperate, she goes, please don't. And I said, whenever you do that to the dog, the dog just senses weakness. And that's why it's picking up on it because she's mourning. You're mourning for you. It's probably more annoying than listening to the dog whining or fanny about. It is. I I said she does. She mourns more than the dog. (laughs) And she'd be listening to this. You do mourn more than the dog. Um, so Leanne Addis has said, you're a knob. You're a knob. You're a knob. You are, you're a knob. So, um, we have a few announcements to make. I know we mentioned this last week. So for anybody, so for anybody who didn't tune in last week, we are, we have a huge launch date on the 6th of September for the Whippet. And that'll be our new website that's coming up. And we've got an absolute belter of a day with loads and loads of stuff going on. So um, we are going to have a masterclass with Jess Adorno. She was on the podcast, I think, two podcasts ago. Oh, and she's she from brilliant. the Bronx. I loved, I loved her accent. She's I could have listened to her all day. She was amazing. She's absolutely... I, I just want to go out for dinner with her and just let her <laughs> talk to me. Can you please be my friend? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have um, loads of articles and videos that are going to be coming out. We've got quite a few groomers who've done some, what we call Whipex videos, which are just very short, sharp little grooming tutorials, which I think will come in handy quite a lot of people. So we have a Skillshare on the groomer with Tiffany Saywell, which will be really exciting. That's um, I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that'll be really good. Her grooming is shit hot, so I'm really looking forward to seeing that. She's doing a schnauzer as well, and you don't, like, there's not enough schnauzers in the world. I know Lisa Hart does a belt-in schnauzer, um, but there's just, other than that, you just very, very rarely see them, so I can't wait to see Tiffany's. That'll be so Tiffany does a mean schnauzer as well, so I'm excited to see that. And she's such a nice girl as well. She is, and she's always so glamorous. I know. But I always say that about you, Sarah. No, not right now. You can see me on Zoom and I, I definitely don't look glamorous no, right I, now. But... I, my very, very first competition that I was at, you were on the table over next to me. And I can remember like saying to one of my girlfriends, I was like, who's that over there? She's, she's turned up to this, this competition. Perfect. <laughs> I'd slept about two hours. I was covered in hair from prepping my dog and you were there with your, you'd obviously had your bloody rollers in. <laughs> You love a good pair of rollers, don't you? Oh, I do, yeah. But you know what? See, when I don't do that and I go to work without makeup on, everyone's like, are you okay? You know, you really don't look well today. And I'm like, no, I'm just ugly. (laughs) I'm just ugly without my makeup on. I get get the complete opposite thing because I very, very rarely wear makeup or do my hair. 
and when we kept, we I had we had a meeting with a couple of the people that are doing the secret project um I'd washed for hair and everyone was like oh you've been the hairdressers have you had your hair done I was like no no just washed it just washed it and put a bit of mascara on <laughs> oh. so speaking of the big announcement we have had a few teasers out this week um, so people will have probably seen a few little nuddy bits that have been... You look a bit naughty, I think. Yeah. Huh? You look a bit naughty. Yeah, yeah, my boobies are up there. I think they're, I think yeah, your, your boobies are up there at some point, aren't Sarah? Because... I didn't think my boobies would ever be involved in my grooming career, ever. I know. <laughs> I know. Do you know, it's a bit of a spoiler alert, but Sarah is actually involved. Mm-hmm. Secret project. And we all got naked together, didn't we? We did. It was great fun. It was. It was. It was great, great fun. We'll be revealing the big project that we've been involved big. in. Big. <laughs> the big project. Big project. And the, the great thing about this project, which I really want to encourage everybody to sort of rally around and get behind it, is because we're supporting some fantastic charities. Everything that is involved with um, this big reveal this big project is completely for charity um we have a little bit of our own little target because obviously we raised quite a bit of money from the groomers lockdown and we want the grooming industry to hit 100k i think we can do that i think we can do that i mean you know without saying too much about what it is you know every groomer can do with the project (laughs) (laughs) oh it's good isn't it we definitely want to encourage and rally everybody around to get behind the cause so we what we are raising money for is we're raising money for cervical cancer and the we're trying to make everybody aware of the going for the smears and making sure people are up to date with the smears because that's super important are you up to date with yours sarah i am up to date i am i always make it a main priority I, I booked mine today. Good, good. I was due mine today, so I booked mine and I'm going on the 11th. People can't um, shy away from it. It's no big deal. In and out. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we've all seen each other's fannies now, so... Oh, we have now, yeah. We have now. <laughs> we've all got the same bits. Um, we're also raising money for um, a charity called Orchid, which is a men's cancer charity so that one uh, helps support men who have testicular cancer penile cancer and prostate cancer which is a really really good charity yeah. and also we are supporting um mind which is the mental health charity which we've got a big campaign coming out um because lots and lots of groomers with mental health they do they do it's a huge problem yeah it's, it's become quite prevalent i think in, in our industry quite recently so i think that'll be a really good good thing to get behind and get some more support out there for everybody so really definitely next week on the 6th of september we have the live whip it podcast with leah henderson so that should be really exciting it is and another spoiler alert leah is also part of <gasps> the secret podcast at uh, the secret project so yeah that'll be that'll be interesting so we've got lots of stuff that we're going to talk about we're going to delve a little bit more into the charity and um, that we'll be supporting for the secret project so it's all going to link together and it's going to be a super super good day so you need to make sure that you that'll be a good one yeah on the 6th and, uh, and be there for all of these free events that we've got going on um because who can't who doesn't like a free event everyone likes a freebie especially right now 
Okay, so we're going to wrap that up there. So next week, what we want to hear from you is we want you to tell us about the time you got bit. I mean, most of us have been there. Of course we have. It's, yeah. It comes with the territory, doesn't it? Yeah. Have you ever had a really bad bite? Do you know what? I, I did actually. And I've touched wood. I've only actually ever had one really bad one. Um, and it was while I was still working with pets at home. And I had uh, a border terrier in the bath. And he'd been a lovely dog. Bathed him, no problem. I switched the blaster on, started blasting his back end, and then he just attached himself, chomp, right down on my hand, and he didn't let go. He dragged the skin right down from the knuckle of my thumb right down to my wrist, and it was horrific. Oh my and God. I remember just dropping the blaster, and the blaster was flapping everywhere. And I was such a wimp, I just burst into tears because I think I, I think I got more of a fright than anything else because he gave me no warning, you know, and the wound wasn't actually that painful. It was more the like the bruising from yeah. the snap. Um, and I think that's what we don't realise is that these dogs can really give us a sore one, but they choose not to list them most of the time. Didn't but isn't that the funny though? That's the biggest worry for a grimoire. Is that we don't really care. You can puncture an artery, guys. It's fine. As long as the dog isn't cut, it's okay if I'm bleeding. I know, <laughs> I know. I, I always, I totally agree with that. You just, as long as the dog's okay, you can deal with it. Because there's nothing worse than that feeling when you accidentally nick a dog and it's like that, like your bum hole starts twitching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually once, this is kind of off subject, but the girl I work with now, Gemma, um, I've worked with Gemma for years and um, while we were working at Pets Home together she was holding a, a lasso she was holding him up for me so she had her hand underneath him so sort of underneath his bum and then underneath his belly and I was scissoring his leg you know it's her own fault she had her hand in the way right but I cut the skin off of her own her knuckle oh. so you know you know that wrinkly bit of skin that's on your knuckle mm -hmm. I cut that off of her finger and it was on my scissors, <laughs> like the, the blade, on my blade, there was this knuckle. Oh my and God. Do you know that way where I was like, oh, thank God, it's okay. It's not the dog. Poor Gemma sitting there missing a knuckle. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but then I proceeded to bolt because it was really disgusting because I had this knuckle on my fingers. But as long as it's not the dog, I'm happy. <laughs> I know, I know. There's just not, like, you just, you, nobody wants that conversation with the owner, do they? But of course. anyway, so yeah, what we want to hear from you is about the time you got bit and make sure that when we post it on the groomer or if you message us on our WhatsApp um, messenger is that you send pictures because if you don't send pics, it didn't happen. It didn't happen if you don't send pics. So our text number is... Zero seven five two zero six seven zero seven nine seven. So hopefully you've enjoyed Sarah's first time standing in for Sophie, and thank you for coming in and helping out, Sarah. It's much much appreciated. Thank you so much for joining. Oh, I've us. loved it. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So, like I said, make sure that you send us in your stories, and we will speak to you next week. Whip it out. Whip it out. Bye, guys. <laughs>